0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.breanshoreline.org. Good
1: morning. Uh, we're going to have another uh, guest speaker for our missionary uh, teams here this week. Each of our missionary guests, we give them one time to uh, speak to everybody So uh, you take advantage of uh, coming tomorrow night, At Monday night. We'll have two more presentations. We meet at 6 o'clock for dinner. We'll close right at 8 o'clock. So I know with the children and so on, you can get home. So I encourage you, you, again, if you did not sign up for that, just let one of us know so we know you'd like to come tomorrow night as we prepare food for that. We'll have two more presentations. But this morning, Dan and Mary Sue Reed, they're going to come and share the ministry in Bolivia. Our church has been involved in the ministry. Come on up, Dan, in Bolivia. Um, way back uh, almost to the time our church started just briefly after that, I think some of our first missionaries we supported the selfers uh, were in uh, Bolivia so Dan God bless you thanks for being with us today and we're looking forward to what God has to share with you
0: well good morning Seattle Berean Church members of the body of Christ in which God is working across the world we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have today are we doing here (laughs) well they said I don't need that cuz I'm wired I know I'm wired but (laughs) hey I can't do anything about that that's my personality (laughs) when something's good I get excited and hey that's just the way it goes How's that? This is intentional. It's called the humbling of the missionaries. We break them before they go. And they'll be so thankful to have left. This morning, we are so thankful... have a church that has stood behind us for many many years. Uh, Mary Sue and I and three of our children, our oldest son Taylor, our middle son Trevor, and our youngest daughter Tasha, left in January of 2006 for Bolivia South America. And uh, this was a step of faith for us to go forward And this was more than just me making a decision myself, but it involved my wife, Mary Sue, and it involved our children, and it meant taking them out of the Mona Shores, Michigan school systems, and it meant us going forth into a country that we have found since has been just a blessed country. The theme of the conference this week is how blessed are the feet of those that bring good news, and it is true. We walk today in Bolivia in the footsteps of many missionaries, many different individuals who've brought good news to Bolivia since the mid-1950s. Your church, the Seattle Berean Church, has been an integral part of encouraging missionaries, of sending missionaries, of parents releasing family members. You've given, you've prayed, you've supported missionaries, and now you have the joy of knowing that God is working with his people in Bolivia, doing what God has called them to do in the way that he has gifted them. I have a book with me this morning, it's called Lonely Planet. Many of you who have visited other countries know very well the value of this particular guidebook. Now I think back to the 1950s and sometimes I've just tried to picture what was going on through the minds of those early missionaries who went to Bolivia, to the, to the early pioneers who, who went into that area of Santa Cruz. And let me read something to you from this book. In regards to Santa Cruz itself, Santa Cruz, Bolivia, we're talking South America. Since 1950, Santa Cruz has mushroomed from a backwater cattle-producing town to its present position as Bolivia's most populous city. It surpassed La Paz in 2003, a trade and transport hub. With well over one million inhabitants, it's a metropolis on the fringe of a diminishing wilderness, displaying an incongruous amount of affluence not normally associated with Bolivia. Despite its phenomenal growth rate, Santa Cruz retains traces of its dusty past, evident in its wide streets, its frontier architecture, and a rapidly fading small-town atmosphere. When the missionaries went forth into Santa Cruz in the early 1950s, People like you and I, challenged by a pastor from one of our churches in the United States to go forth, they entered a country, they entered a city, they entered a land which is completely different from many pockets of Bolivia today. That Bolivia that they stepped foot into, that city of Santa Cruz, was literally a city of about 40,000 people. And it was hacked out of the jungle. And at that point, this city, which is really based on a very interesting dynamic, that being rings, which allow transportation, which allow vehicles, taxis, micros, everyone to travel around that city, consisted of one ring, the one ring city. Today, there are more than 14 of these rings that travel around the city. That city that numbered 40,000 in the mid-1950s is now a city of 1.5 million. You look at the statistics and you find out that Santa Cruz, Bolivia right now is the world's 14th fastest growing city. We're not talking about the dynamic of of, uh, total population, but we're talking about a growth rate where something is taking place. Now, Santa Cruz isn't the only city that's growing in the world. Kind of interesting, you follow those same statistics and you find Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, 17th fastest growing city. You find another city, I believe it's either Kinshasa, but I believe it is in Congo today that's growing. There are many of these cities that are growing. There's an urbanization movement where people are moving from the villages to the cities where this current generation is looking for something in which their life can be better than what it was before and something better than what their parents and their grandparents experienced. But Mary Sue and I, have the opportunity today, in the year of our Lord, this current year of 2014, to work together, to serve together, to pray together, to see our Bolivian brothers and sisters and their families and their children serve God as God has, has called them to serve. Now I think about Santa Cruz, and I think about the dynamic, those early missionaries, they were strategic in Seattle is strategic. It's evident to me that when I've received the packet that I've received, and I've received the emails that I've received, and I've heard about the prayers, and I've seen that things have been planned, this missions conference hasn't just been put together in one week's period of time. There's strategy here. Those early missionaries that went into Santa Cruz and went into Bolivia really had the, the idea perhaps it was God's wisdom, not man's wisdom, but God's wisdom, to plant churches along a main corridor. Today you'd find that its name is Doble Via. Doble Via. And that corridor runs through the city itself. And today, the blessing of this missions conference is that We have the opportunity as missionaries around the world to connect you personally to the reality of what God is doing around the world. And I think of where those churches are planted today. And I think of what it would cost to buy these particular lots in Santa Cruz, Bolivia today. It's a city. It's no longer a backwood cattle town. But I think of Dioses Amor. It's in Vía Primero de Mayo. And I think of Pastor Erlan and Veronica, his wife. And today they're serving the Lord. And Erlan has a gift for evangelism and discipleship. That's his heart. That's who I go to when I have an idea about something that's going to involve evangelism and discipleship. Because generally if it passes through Erlan and he gets a group of the Bolivians together, you can know this, that generally the idea that they have for taking that is going to go. It's going to go. If it's just our idea, sometimes through our American ideas and our American idea, it may not go. But when it's passed through and it's prayed over and it's shared with our Bolivian brothers and sisters, it will go. There's Erland, Dios es Amor. I just think Fuente de Vida, Pastor Everett Elisa, they're a little baby. They're worshiping the Lord today. Jesucristo vive. It's right on Doble Via. How many churches today in Santa Cruz have churches that are located on this main corridor? There's Jesus Jesucristo vive. Praise the Lord. We come over here, a church which perhaps is, is more well-known, Emmanuel. They're a church that is really designed to be a growing church, that is centered in an area that's called Cuarto Anillo, Fourth Ring, and Grigotá. That's the other name for Doble Villa. It's the closest church that I can see, that we can see, that is located on probably the second, the second fastest-growing intersection with the most traffic that travels through the city. And there's Pastor Santos. And there's his wife, Elisa. Pastor Santos and Elisa have a daughter Lily Beth Ortega? Lily, we prayed for her. Lily Beth Ortega, she can speak English. She had the opportunity to go forth. Many of you have prayed. Many of you have supported Grace Ministries International. Many of you have have said, Lord, we understand how our brothers and sisters in Christ need to be encouraged and need to be sent forth because they have a special, unique way that they can minister. And Lily went and had the opportunity for two years to sail on that Operation Mobilization Mission ship, which travels to all ports of the world, Muslim, Christian, Catholic, whatever you got, the syncretism. They were willing to go, and she was part of that. She comes from the Masuvi tribe, or her grandparents are from that. And what an incredible thing to think that Santos and Elisa and their family and their son Aloy are part of the ministry that's taking place today. I think of the many different churches today. Kilometer 6, La Gracia. That's Grace. Grace Church. Kilometer 6. We think of Kilometer 14. Many of you have prayed over the Kilometer 14 church plant. Kilometer 14 located outside of the city. It's a rural area. What took place was that the La Gracia church decided to plant a church. Modesto Ramos, 70 years of age, is a guy who has some business sense. And he had a lot of land that was in Balcondos, kilometer 14. He gave it over to the church plant, knowing that something could happen with that particular lot. A church was planted. It was a one-room building, a little tiny brick building. Our family had the opportunity when we were there in 2007 to be part of that church plant. I say distinctly to be part of that church plant. It wasn't our church plant. It was the Bolivians' church plant. We just came and worked together with the people. A whole family did. And what a blessing to think that today, Pastor Mario, whom I team-teached with for for a period of time, was so willing to let me step out and literally became a team-teacher where we taught every other week. And finally I told Pastor Mario, Pastor Mario, it's just Mary Sue and myself. And really, we have got to visit our churches. Really be encouragement encouragement to see what's going on. And Pastor Mario kind of wondered, well, what's going to go here? What does that mean? You're going to step out. What is it? He was there. The exciting thing is that Modesto Ramos, you ask Modesto Ramos today, Modesto? Here. Yeah. He opens up his Bible. We're going to see a picture of this. This guy has a dispensational chart on the entire two front pages of his bible it's clear it's got clarity i was just looking over it last night i have a copy here of his dispensational chart oh it's in spanish but it's grace it's grace it's powerful modesto is teaching and who's he teaching the la gracia people generally in a particular period of time stepped back into their own church and by this time there was a lot of teacher training that went forth from lucas guzman who's another pastor He's really good at working with, with, with formation, organization. And he worked with those Sunday school teachers. Felix Chambi. It's not Spanish, it's Aymara. Felix stepped in from La Gracia and he saw the importance. You know, if you're in Latin America, you've got to have music. And that's, that's part, that just flows through their life, it's just part of their breathing, it's their essence. And Felix started working with the small group of that children. They were part of that church, former Iwana Club. And now, as we shared this morning, those kids are part of that. God is blessing. And I could speak to you clearly about the reality of the churches that are at kilometer 20, La Guardia. Pastor Choquibara, Guillermo Choquibara. I'm sorry, my tongue gets a little twisted. I went speaking in Spanish sometimes. (laughs) Precious. The newsletter that we just sent out showed two of his sons. Ariel, huh? and Guillermo Jr. (sighs) Folks, this is 2014. Sometimes some of us as Americans have this idea that the people across the world, our brothers and sisters in Christ, are those that continue to need to be nurtured. I don't like that word many times, the nurturing, nurturing. These people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, are dynamic. And you get around them And they pray, and they pray early in the morning. And their kids, for whatever reason, it may be that maybe they haven't grown up for years and years in a culture that learns and has books available. But the memorization skills that they have will challenge your heart. And those little kids will share those verses from the Bible. It's just part of them. What a challenge. We could speak of Renacer, a little town called San Jose. Evangelism. Exciting. We think of others. Peña de Oreb going out. I could take you to Cochabamba, to that church plant that Jerry and Deanna were involved with. In an upper-middle-class city ministry, so different and so dynamic, and we could travel on to La Paz. Some of you have been there. Some of you know. Some of you have touched the soil. Right now, we're going to take a bit of a trip because I'm happy. And we need to get a chance to see a little bit about Bolivia. So if you've got about five minutes, we'll take a little bit of a trip. Today is a very important day in Bolivia itself. Today is the election of the new president that's going to be in position in office for the next five years. And perhaps if some particular individuals in government have their way, a new reformed design constitution will allow for perhaps more of a perpetual type of presidential office in existence it's election day there's nothing happening in bolivia you can't drive you can't do anything church services will be meeting this evening after the polls the election offices the voting booths are closed but it's election day it's a day of choice it's a day in which individuals are going to vote For someone who they believe will better their life, will better their family, and will better their country. Berean, Seattle has made a choice. You've made a choice years ago. And we thank you for that. I have a bit of a thank you list. I'm watching the clock. (laughs) I think of those that you've sent from your church... You've had missionaries and some family members that have been released. Some have come back. I think of the names of Frosty and Kathy Hansen. I think of Gary. I asked Gary this morning if we could keep the work gloves that have his name written with that black little marker still in the garage. He says, yeah, Dan, you can keep it. (laughs) Just use them. (laughs) Sherwood, Maureen Sage, Jerry and Deanna Olson. Some of you know that Deanna is my sister. Jerry's my brother-in-law. Danny and Sally Payne, Dave and Beth Schlegel. This Dave, the guy was a police officer. He's tough, secure. Leaves Seattle to go to Bolivia. You know what really challenged me and what I appreciated about him when I met him? He sold, I believe it was a challenger or a charger to get there. That's what struck me. This guy was willing to give up something like that to go. Work in ministry teams from your church. Tom and Karen Drenth. I remember several couples coming recently to Bolivia. Some of the names of Sherwood, Sage, Larry, Mary, Paul. How hours delay before they were going to hit the Vito Vito airport to come back. Instead of fretting about this plane being delayed. Paul, their son, being an electrician, having some skills, decided to put a new ceiling fan in the house that Talo used to be in. It's a good man. Rich and Karen's been there. Thanks for the Leatherman. Still exists. Been through a few of those metal detectors that they say work, but don't. (laughs) Marlon and Gunny Olson, if you go over to the Santa Cruz Christian Learning Center, you'll find a wood plaque. I don't know if it's been wood burned or someone's just really carved their names, but it's there. It's right above the area by the cafeteria. They served as directors in a school there, the Santa Cruz Christian Learning Center, for I believe the period of at least a year. Let their kids go. The Admonsons raised a boy. Do you remember a guy named Matt? Matt? really had Bolivia on his heart. He's brought two teams from the church, Parkside, Holland. The last team that he brought was when Mary Sue and I were there. Amy Johnson came along with the team, but it was just us two. And Matt decided to double the amount of the number of teams. 22 came over with that team. But what I appreciated about Matt was that his focus was that the youth that he brought... And the individuals that he brought would work alongside of the Bolivians. Work alongside, not above, not below, together with. That ministry, I just called Matt when we were there in Post Falls. I told him, Matt, did you hear what took place at Camp Buena Vista? That team was part of ministering to four schools. There's more than 2,000 youth in the mission schools, part of our mission. Henry Prince is one of those schools. Lately, some of the teachers have kind of been wringing their hands about some of these troublemakers that have come into Henry Prince, the so-called Christian school, not knowing what to do. Matt's team had reached out to these kids and really challenged those youth, challenged them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, challenged them, if they do know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to do something about it. Rachel Matichuk, Mark and Kathy, dad and mom, let their daughter, 22 years of age, grow across the world for a year's period of time. For a year, Rachel sends word to us and to Grace Ministries International that out of the 108 ninth and 10th graders from the Henry Prince School that went to a retreat to the newly renovated Buena Vista Camp, thank you, (laughs) thank you, thank you, 25 of those kids accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because somebody needed to accept Christ. And the message went forth, and the Holy Spirit had his time. Something's happening there. Thank you for everything. Thank you for these mission conferences. You'll meet more of our missionary brothers and sisters who are coming in that are ministering in South Africa. They're over there in Leavenworth right now, but they'll bless your hearts. Dean's wife, Sheba, said this, she likes these missionary conferences because we feel special. We feel special. And you know, she was right. We're the ones, we're kind of the movers and the shakers, and we're getting in there, and we're digging in. It's tough. It's not easy. I call it the humbling. And we come to the conferences, and we walk through, and you hear Pat's and your name in English. (laughs) You hear about American culture. You hear, this is good. Thank you for these conferences. You're blessed and we're blessed. And we understand again that our God is a big God who's working across his big world. Thank you for your missionaries. Thank you for the projects. Thank you for wish- Women's Missionary Fellowship. Mary Sue and I were able to... You know, your ladies, you're, they're here at the tables and you're making the wordless books and the beads that have the leather or sometimes the other vinyl stuff you think, wow, what am I doing? You know, I could be working. Mary Sue and I and the other Believians are working together. I think of that church that's there in San Jose. A week's work, worth of evangelism going into that area around San Jose. And we thought, we've got again those wordless books and bracelets. Could you use those? and they accepted those, and they used them. They mean so much. Kilometer 14, the banners that you make are hanging there in that church against the dry brickwork. There's that beautiful banner, and they're thankful. Thank you. Child Evangelism Fellowship Materials. And perhaps most of all, even greater than your support, which which has been so faithful, so indicative of Christians who who care for their brothers and sisters who in the years hence and in years after this particular year of our lord 2014 are going to need their brothers and sisters in other parts of the world perhaps the thing that means the most to us is your prayers god answers prayers in times where sometimes we're we're tired and we're weary and And everything seems to indicate that this should be a moment for breaking. Uh, We feel lifted. We feel as if the burdens are lifted. Maybe the Jesus who told us that my burden is light. (laughs) God answers prayers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So today, we praise the Lord. And this week, we're going to be blessed And we pray that Seattle Berean will continue to move forward in the challenge, in their prayers, their encouragement, and their giving, and that more missionaries will go forth. And this young generation that has so many opportunities and so many possibilities and so many ways of walking through open doors will say, I'm willing, God, for what your plan is for me. And for my life. Thank you.
1: Let's go for Are You glad you came today? Yes. Amen. Are you glad you came today? Yes. Amen. Now, listen, tomorrow night at six o'clock, we have dinner. We'll be done by eight o'clock. We're going to have two more presentations. Now, our missionary friends have been uh, traveling around the country. One of our families, the Chapman, has been on the road, I think, since January with their two little children, raising support. We've got guests tomorrow night. Both families have uh, come from Africa. They're here for a shorter time. They've traveled a long way. And if it's at all possible, I know you can't all come, but if it's at all possible, you could travel to our church tomorrow night and be with us. Really, you should be here. You will not regret it. And if you have not signed up, uh, if you talk to Gary, talk to me, we'll relay the information to Sharon, I'm sure. Uh, we, will, we will make extra food if we need to. Gary will make extra food if we need to. <laughs> but uh, you join us. Come on. Tomorrow night, join us for lunch today. I'm going to pray for lunch. I'm going to ask our missionaries, would you, would you guys come down forward and just gather right here for a minute? So I want to have a word of prayer, a blessing upon you. And I want to dismiss you first. You can get your food first because we're going to come behind you. We won't run over you, but we'll come right behind you. And we want to sit with you at the table. Spread yourselves out around the tables down there. And this is the time to uh, fellowship with the missionaries. You know, there's a lot of challenges in the world today. Uh, we know there are health, and uh, we're well, well aware of that. Health challenges in countries today with diseases. There are uh, challenges of uh, turmoil, rebellions. There's danger. There's a lot of danger out in the world today. It's a lot of challenges. But as a church and as mission organizations... Uh, we won't back down. This is not a day to back down. It is every day to move forward. It's today. And to think that God has given us the privilege of being part of His work. There is nothing better in the world than being a part of God's work. And you've heard this morning, even as Dan has shared, the history our church has had with these dear missionary families. Mary Sue, your family came here. You were missionaries in Japan. You came here as a little girl to our church. I remember you, huh? Robarts, of course. I remember your family coming here when I was a, a teenager uh, when they came here. We have a long history. This is not a time to back down. This is a time to move forward. And part of that is our financial commitment. Uh, as of today, we have 43 cards with $80,020. So we are getting close to our goal of 125000 We will meet it. You will be a part of it, and you will help us join hands with these brothers and sisters around the world. Okay? Amen? Amen. So I'm going to have a word of prayer, and that's going to serve as our blessing for the food as well, our blessing and our missionary guests, guests. You come down, have lunch and dessert, and take a look at the tables, and also all their displays are down there in the gym as well. They're not out here in the narthex today, so take time to look at those. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these uh, wonderful... Uh, days of our missionary conference. So what a wonderful time! And thank you for these guests you've brought our way today. We have enjoyed getting to know them, and uh, just to share their enthusiasm, their commitment. The Lord, it's a challenge. Uh, we think of our brothers and sisters, as as Dan has reminded us today, our our, our fellow pastors and leaders, missionaries uh, th- that live in these countries that are that are that are our equals that we have the privilege of serving alongside of. I want to pray your blessing upon them today. I want to pray for every pastor represented in the Grace and TCM churches around the world today, Lord. You know who they are. I want to pray for protection, for encouragement, for resources, for good health, and understanding as they shepherd their flocks, for these teachers and these principals in these schools, Lord, working with these children in the orphanages, in the medical clinics, Father, what a privilege. And Lord, we thank you that, that these are challenging days and that we have the privilege of standing up to that challenge with the power of the Holy Spirit and sending the grace of God and the message of the grace of God like never before. Bless these dear missionaries today. Give them good health as they travel, good fellowship with us here at Berean. I want to pray for the food today and that you will bless it to our bodies in a world of such need. We never take for granted the blessings we have to enjoy a meal together. Bless it to our bodies as we serve you today. In Christ our Savior's name, all God's people can say it together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You guys be dismissed first, okay? And we'll come down and join you for lunch. And we will be back tonight at, uh, for our various class meetings as well with our missionary guests.